the heroes are gathering. Iron Man, Captain America, Black Widow, Thor, Hulk, Hawkeye, Captain Marvel, and Barry from Northampton. Fill up with 30 pounds of Shell V power and feel heroic. You could win an awesome Dubai holiday plus other prizes every day with Marvel Studios' Avengers Endgame in cinemas April 25th. Call in to win with Britain's number one selling performance fuel. Conditions apply. Participating sites see shell.co.uk slash win. Just before the podcast starts, as a reminder that because Dave Elliott is selfishly away on honeymoon with his new wife, this is also the Boytown podcast, as well as being the Shane Toddcast for the next two weeks, and then it'll be normal service on the Boytown podcast, but this is also the Shane Toddcast. I've confused myself. Also, I recorded this really, really tired, and you'll notice at the start I say, I've just done my gig in Liverpool. It was Manchester. All right, so enjoy it. This is the Shane Toddcast and kind of the Boytown podcast. Welcome to the Shane Toddcast. Friends, family, relatives, welcome to the Shane Toddcast. Mainly relatives that listen, but it's all good. Uh, it's very late at night, it's Tuesday evening. I've just done my gig in Liverpool, or as the locals call it, I'll read. I'm in Liverpool, mate. Thank you. Um, I turned on a crazy amount of offers to go out after this gig. Obviously, you know, celebrities um, looking me to go out. Flip, who was asking me to go out? Um, Ollie Murs was like, hey man, you want to come play some badminton and go for a few cans? And I was like, Ollie, I can't. And he goes, shit, you must have something really important on. I said, it's called the Shane Toddcast. And he said, I know exactly what it is. So, not really, but I mean, I did just do my gig in Manchester at the Frog and Bucket. Got to thank everyone who came down to that. There was a strong showing, you know, and people don't really say that unless it's like some sort of paramilitary show of strength. And that's what it was. <laughs> that's what it was. You know, we had guys in Balaclava shooting up into the air. And the venue manager was like, hey man, can you not do that because it's an indoor venue? And your staff upstairs, and I said, you don't realise when the NBC, when the human ATM's in town, you do what he says. But yeah, nice show. You know, gotta be honest, that is a big venue, the Frog and Bucket. And we sort of filled the downstairs and they closed the balcony. But when you're on stage, you're pretty high. So you're like way higher than the people on the ground. And your eye line is a balcony and it's kind of weird when there's no one up there. And I kind of thought, hey, do you know what would be weirder? If whenever I was doing my set, I looked over and there was just like, <laughs> there was just, you know, like an old version of me there just shaking his head and nobody else could see him. And I said, what was that guy doing up there? And they were like, there was nobody there. That would be so weird. But anyway, um, yeah, the show was, the show was nice. Um... I feel like, you know, there was a lot of people from home there. I always do that thing when I'm gigging away from home. I go, who's who's from home? Give me a cheer. And there was a lot of cheers. But I'd say it was maybe like 70%. And that maybe got in my head a little bit, you know, that um, 
there was people from Manchester there or from further afield. Uh, and I later found out those people from way further afield. And I was sort of like, you know, I, I gig 99% of the time at home. So quite a few of the references I have, stories I have are about home. But I've got like loads of material that I do like on the road if I'm away. But because this show is going to nearly exclusively be performed at home, quite a bit of it is local. So I think that got into my head a wee bit. And I over-explained a few things. I mean, all in all, I enjoyed it. But, um, you know, it's a bit like, you know, whenever you've got loads of, you know, whenever you're making a big dinner. I've never made a big dinner in my life, but I've got staff that do that for me. But, um, you know, the Thai the boys do that for me. But, um, you know, whenever you're making a dinner and you've got the meat cooking, you've got the potatoes cooking, you've got the veg, you're doing a few sides, you know, that's a good gig when you've got everything cooking at the same time. It felt like I was just doing the spuds and the veg, you know? And I never really got to cook that meat. So if there's anyone who feels like their meat wasn't cooked, <laughs> come to my hotel room and I'll cook your meat. you got to be careful the way you say that. But, you know, got some nice Twitter messages there from people saying they had a great time. Um, and I'll take that. Um, I, I found out those people from quite far afield. There was, uh, after the show, just this black guy absolutely loving it. And in Northern Ireland, I'll be honest, it's unfortunate, but you don't get to gig to a lot of black guys. <laughs> it's just fact. And, um, and all of a sudden, this guy comes up to me after the show and he's like, man, I just want to say I absolutely love that. And he had a very distinctive African accent. Although that's kind of, uh, you know, it doesn't make sense because I've said distinctive African, but then there's so many countries in Africa that it was probably the opposite of distinctive. So that racist probably a little bit, but um, I said, so there was a, a lady there who had brought some of her international friends that she lives with. And this guy's from Zambia. And I jokingly was like, oh, am I big in Zambia? And he goes, nah. <laughs> but he he was loving life. He said he understood about 70% of it. And I said, I will absolutely take that, sir. Um, and we were getting a photo with four guys. The There was another guy from Greece and the girl was from Spain, I think. And uh, as we were taking the photo, the guy from Zambia was like, make sure the flash is on for obvious reasons. You know, because he's absolutely black. And I whispered to him, yeah, I am very tanned. And I gotta tell you, he absolutely loved it. The big man near had tears in his eyes. So, um, thanks to everybody who came down. I enjoyed it. People go, oh, I suppose you're away for a load of pints now. And I lie about it. I'm like, yeah, in reality coming back to my hotel room to do the podcast because I don't let the people down, you know. Um, I'm walking home. I had this weird moment walking home there. Uh, literally, I'm just back up to the room, but whenever I walk back, I've got, I'll be honest, guys, right? I hope we can be honest in this podcast, but I got a new jacket and I wasn't sure about it, but see when I was walking back through the, you know, the, the city centre streets there, I caught a glimpse of myself and I said... Who is that 
Dandy? Is that a word? Do people used to call people dandies? I'm googling that. I looked. I looked at myself. A man concerned with looking stylish and fashionable. Undu- a man unduly concerned with looking stylish and fashionable. Um, I don't even know. I looked excellent. <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. I caught a glimpse of myself and I was like, yo, check this guy out. But there was nobody there. And I got this new jacket. And you know when you're not really sure about it, like a new bit of clothing? And you're like, nah, I'll wear it. And I'll get used to it. Hey, I got used to this. It's a big, long, grey jacket. And I, I looked flowing and great. You know, so that was that was a little nice end of the gig. But people think you're a yeah, way to do pints. And then there was a girl from Donegaday and her, her boyfriend. Uh... I can't. Uh, I can't remember. I'm really bad with names, but they were lovely, and I was chatting. I was sort of walking halfway home with them, not like I was trying to follow them home, and they stopped me halfway and said, "You can't do this." But you know, we're walking the same direction, and uh, they were like, "Oh, you just going back to your hotel?" And I was like, "Yeah," you know. So, so it's rock and roll. But I'm off to Liverpool in the morning. I'm excited about that. I'm going to get into Liverpool at about twelve. A couple of my cousins live there. We're going to have a Nando's. We're going to have a great time. Hot Water Comedy Club tomorrow night. You can get tickets at... Oh, yeah. <laughs> you fucking can't. You know why? Because they're sold out as fuck. That's what... Listen. It's well known in science that... That's what happens. You put you put the money to it on. You sell tickets. Okay, tonight you don't sell them all. Alright, fair enough. You got me. But if you're in Liverpool... You ain't getting them unless you got them. You know what I'm saying? Uh, before going with the podcast, I want to give my man Aaron Butler a shout out. Aaron's a friend of mine. You probably heard him in the Boytown podcast before. And he used to do stand-up. He's getting back into it, which is good. I've kind of bullied him into it. And um, I kind of bully a lot of mates into doing stand-up just so that you know I can hang out with them at gigs. So... Uh, yeah, he's doing his own podcast. He's doing it. He's just started. It's called the Aaron Butler Podcast. So check out it if you would like to. Just thought I would let you know. Um, in other news, I put the uh, Mike McGoldrick, a new Mike McGoldrick video up. Just like, well, I didn't put it up. Here's the thing. I filmed it yesterday um, in Belfast City Centre. And I was interviewing people about Primark. Because obviously it went up in flames. I know it's still a touchy subject for a lot of people. But... Um, I did that, and my, my man Shane Walsh filmed it, aka other Shane, and uh, yeah, rude to call someone that. But um, but he got a new piece of camera gear, and I didn't really give him time to get used to it. I was like, "It'll be fine." And uh, fair play to him; he had to do quite a bit of work to it, the salvage some audio from it. And he was a he was a soldier. He was like, "Listen." We'll just go and shoot it again. And I said, I can go in the city centre once a year. I shan't be back. But it was good. We subtitled it. We'll put it up there. And uh, yeah, it's up on my page. It's on the Mike McGoldrick page. And I uh, hope you guys hope you guys like it. And you can check it out. And I'm going to be doing a lot more video content. more uh, More regular stuff. You know, because hey, the people want it. And I and I'll give it to you. I forgot to say on on the flight over this morning. So I flew to 
By the way, I've got a really weird setup here. There's a wee table in the hotel, but it's like making a noise, so I can't balance my mic on it, so my mic is just in my hand, and I'm sitting on a chair. I mean, if you walked in here, it's the most tragic thing you've ever seen in your life, because I think I'm talking like pretty loud. I have quite a quite a bassy voice, obviously, ladies, and I feel like if you were sleeping next door in, the, in this hotel, you would definitely hear. So I think at some point, someone from the hotel will probably come up. And they'll open the door and go, can you keep a noise down? I'll be like, I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> hey, we know you were gigging, doing stand-up. You're probably in here doing cocaine, are you? Nah, just got my wee microphone here. Doing a podcast for all my wee buddies. Got a wee cup of tea here. Life's good. Alright. I'm on the I'm on the plane this morning. Also, what's sweet is I had a dream during the week that uh, a fly B plane that I was on... Uh, had to do an emergency landing I had to land it uh, and then this week I was flying a flyby so I'm glad that you know life did not imitate dreams and also totally unrelated I had a nightmare last week for the first time in ages and in the nightmare these kids were trying to kill me and um, just these little toddlers but there was loads of them right <laughs> well, I don't know why I'm trying to sound hard oh, but there was, there was five of them like you know but Otherwise, you would have knocked them out. But all these wee toddlers, I don't know if, the, you know, by dream, people are like, well, that actually means you're going to come into money. What does it mean five toddlers are trying to kick the fuck out of you? You know, what does that mean? But um, in the dream, I was trying to get the attention of some other adults, but I knew that I only had one shout in me because I had to use the rest of the energy to, like, fend off these kids. And I shouted, Aah! you know, like, really loud, like the loudest scream you could. But hey, it turns out in real life, I did do that. So, <laughs> it was like middle of the night. And my fiancé was just sleeping away, getting ready for work in the morning. And then imagine beside you, someone just shouted as and shrieked as loud as they could. And she was like, what the hell, what the hell, what happened, what happened? And I was like, oh, just some toddlers are trying to kill me, it's okay. Go back to sleep. And she couldn't and I went back to sleep. And I haven't had that dream since, but um, I just saw a really weird newspaper headline there. I might have time to delve into that. Um, so, yeah, that was sweet. But, yeah, I was on the plane this morning, and it was one of those small fly-by planes. Uh, I have no problem flying, but see, when I'm flying, I like to just zone out. I put a podcast on, read the paper, have a sleep. All at the same time. No, not at the same time. You know, I like to be doing something. I don't just like to sit there. And there was a girl sitting beside me. And I think she's English. But she's living in Northern Ireland. Been here for a few years. And she was chatting to me and saying, you know, her and her boyfriend like my stuff. And I was chatting away. And then I was like, I'll stick the headphones back in. Um, And then we just continued the chat. And lovely person. We're chatting away. It's it's dead on, but at the same time, mm, trying to zone out, you know, and I feel like it it was like quite a long, a pleasant but long conversation, and is that so rude of me to say that? Yeah, it is. And might she listen? Yeah. And the gist of it is, you know, I enjoyed our chat, pleasant, cool, but at the same time, going forward. That happens once and it doesn't happen again. Going forward, if you see the man boy cheeky 
on a plane, first of all, chances are you won't unless you're a pilot because they usually fly private. Um, but okay, just this one time because there was a there's a problem with uh my debit card. I had to fly on a public flight. Um, there's a window of chat that you can get me in. <laughs> uh you can come into the window of chat, but then you gotta leave. Um, now I'm only joking. I well, I'm not. I just mean you know. <laughs> oh, it's crazy that I'm uh, such a bitch. I just mean. Let's have a nice chat, but then let's let the big guy get some shut eye. Or read, you know, because, you know, he's got to entertain the masses, you know, like 85 people in Manchester. Um, i got to tell you about this way that I was really rude this week. Um, Dave Elliott's wedding was on Friday. Papa Bear, the big cat, the gap to Stonehead himself. Finally got himself a woman. And uh, him and Catherine got married. I was a groomsman. I emceed the wedding. You know, and I don't mean like I was doing like a normal gig. Like I wasn't getting up there being like, any students in? Where are you from, mate? Oh, nice one, shithole. You know, I wasn't doing that. But to take you to the start of the day, where I arrived at Dave's house at about 10 a.m., and David put together, like, just so I could, like, you know, put my suit on there. I didn't drive over naked, like, but, um, you know, I was like, I'll go over, get my suit on at his house, have a wee breakfast there with Phil, his best man, and Daniel, the other groomsman. And David put together, like, wee gift sets for us, which, mm, cute. Um, and in my, he got, like, an, a really nice engraved hip flask, and mine said NBC, Okay, the man boy cheeky, which I really liked. Didn't like to do his whiskey in it because I don't drink whiskey because I'm a boy. But um, I'm not like a hairy man like like those guys. But um, there was also a can of Summersby cider in in the gift set. Which, if you remember me talking about Dave Stag do, Summersby was my thing. It is my favourite cider. I like it. They don't really sell it anywhere here. But in like Portugal and Spain and stuff, they, they go nuts for it. And also, Dave is on his honeymoon in Budapest at the minute. And uh, he's been sending me pictures of him drinking Summer's Bay every day. And I kind of don't like that. You know, I feel like it's like a band I was into before they got big. I'm like, nah, other, I don't like it when other people drink that. Because I'm the Summer's Bay guy. And, um, you know, that's why they call me uh, Mr. Summer's Bay, ship Panther. But, um... Yeah, I got there, and I sort of, you ever misjudge the tone, you know, because he gave us that can, and it was clearly to, like, take away with you, but I just cracked that ring pull, you know, you guys know I like to crack that ring, and uh, I just opened it like Stone Cold Steve Austin, I was like, who's ready to get turned, and Dave, his groomsman, and his dad were like, well, we weren't planning to do this, because it's 10am on the biggest day of his life, but... If Mr. Summersby summons us, then we got to do it. And I said, uh, you know, Mr. Summersby demands that you all drink your delicious Summersby. Definitely sponsor this podcast. And um, we just started drinking then and didn't really stop. You know, I was kind of given rules to do. I do remember the main course of the meal being very drunk. Because... Uh, me and one of the bridesmaids had that, that gluten-free option, you know, on the meal. 
and I got brought a meal and I was like halfway through it and then a waitress came over really embarrassed. She's like, I'm so sorry, that's not the gluten-free one. And I was like, dead on, don't even worry about it, she'll take the gluten-free one. And then I had all that. So I had like two big dinners, like a big slob. And it was great. The boys were there, comedy squad, minus a few. Um, but it was really good. And my dad arrived down, you know, Dan was there, show his face. Um, and I feel like I held it together while he was there. You know, when you're like, you sober up in front of like the police. I feel like I sat down and had like a normal nice conversation with him. And then after about an hour of him being there, I walked him out. You know, I was like, I'll walk you to the car. And as I walked him out, I feel like once he stepped out of the door of the hotel, I feel like that's when I didn't like tie a tie around my head. But if I had thought of that, I would have done it. You know, that's when it, it went up, it got turned up to 11. All in all, I was like smoking a cigar, me and Colin Geddes having a really long conversation about comedy. And I don't think either of us would want it recorded because I have no idea what we're talking about. We're probably talking about the secret of comedy. You know, that formula. Um, But I had a great time. It was good to hang out with a load of those lads that I haven't had drinks with in a while. And um, I emceed the speeches, which were all good. I mugged Dave off because obviously he's going to mug me off when he's doing it at my wedding. But... I, as I was bringing him, I just did a bit, sort of taking the piss out of everyone, but like not, not, like it was all good, you know, nothing like harsh. But with Dave, I was like, I'd like to welcome the groom, David Elliott. You know, this is the first time I've ever brought him on stage. You know, and that implies that he brings me on stage, you know, if he's like doing support for me. Uh, and, you know, the room enjoyed it, especially the comedians. I enjoyed it. And Dave enjoyed it. And then he mugged me off. And it was all good. Brilliant wedding. A lot of fun. I was staying over. But my other half was on her hendu. So she couldn't stay. She couldn't make the wedding. Because uh, her hendu was sort of like arranged without her knowing. Um, so I, so the NBC was staying solo. And I said uh, Aaron Butler who I mentioned earlier. And our friend Ruth. I was like guys just stay in my room. I think it was like a week before. I was like. Stay in my room, plenty of room there. Sure, we'll, we'll only be in the room for a couple of hours anyway. Um, and then the next morning, Aaron texted me with like all the laughing emojis. And I went, man, what's funny? What are you laughing at there? And he said, oh, just last night. And I was like, yeah, it was a good night. He's like, nah, but you know what you said? And I was like, like Craig David said, fill me in. And he said that, uh, <laughs> he, he's, this is so... Fauntleroy but he said that I just went up I'd been in the residence bar holding court like Tim Hemman and uh, I went up to my room but I left my phone downstairs and him and Ruth brought it up now bear in mind they're supposed to be staying now Aaron doesn't drink so he was going to be driving home anyway so he, he hadn't fully committed to staying and Aaron goes apparently I got told this the next day he's like here you left your phone down there and he's like, are we good to stay? And I went, what? And Ruth said, yeah, I can't wait. Apparently, I, he might be joking. I really hope he is. If not, this is the rudest thing anyone has said to anyone in the history of Europe. Ruth said, yeah, I'd love to have a breakfast here in the morning because they do a really nice breakfast. And apparently I said, really hope it didn't. You know where does good breakfast 
Belfast where you live and if I said that oh my god that's so bad but hey I don't know if I did say it and also if I did say it it wasn't me you all know that I turned into the little wooden boy whenever I've had some drinks you know I turn into a little wooden ventriloquist <laughs> dummy who's just like full of a bad attitude and bitchiness um so I have no idea. And I think I said to Ruth the next day, I was like, did I did I say that? And she's like, I don't even know. So I think it was all good. Aaron drove them home. Sweet. I had such a sore head the next day. I don't I mean it's not very often I drink, and it's even less often that I actually get drunk, but I just felt like this is a, a big day in Dave's life. So I'm gonna take one for the team. I feel like every guy at the wedding was really drunk and every girl and woman at the wedding was just really respectful that's the vibe I got and the next day I had to play football because I text my manager during the week and said I'm going to be drinking all day Friday at my best friend's wedding so you know it's probably a bad idea that I be in the squad on Saturday and he, he said big man you got to be in the squad and I said right and luckily he put me on the bench and then I said like oh just I'll just stay on the bench and then after like 70 minutes, the next day, he's standing on the sideline with a hangover, pissing down rain, freezing, windy. I just said like, I'll come on here. I'll come on just to run about, just to get warm. And hey, on the pitch for 20 minutes, how many times did I touch the ball? Zero. I literally just like ran about, trying not to die. And I made it, you know. And my other half had a good hand do. Really well organised. I was enjoying seeing the pictures and stuff from that. Um, and it was all good. That's the second time I've said that. It's all good. Mr. Summersby says it's all good. Um, and touring in general like has been going great. I'm really enjoying it. I think next year... Uh, I was going to say if I do a tour, I will do a tour next year. Uh, I think I might try and pack it all together. You know, because it is a bit difficult when you you know, you know get into a rhythm of it. I had like three really brilliant shows in a row. And then I hadn't done a show in like over a week there. You know, so you sort of lose that momentum a wee tiny bit. You know, but when you're doing it every night, like if you're doing the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, that's why people get so good. Because you're just bum, 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 just firing it out every night. So maybe that's something I'll do next time. You know, just make it like night after night. With a wee night off in between to put on a uh, blueberry face mask, but you know how it is. Um, I'm in Oma this Friday night. It may be sold out by the time the podcast goes out because there was like 15 tickets left. Um, and we've just sort of started to plug it a wee bit more. So if you want to come and see me in Bogans in Oma, which is the comedy capital of Northern Ireland, genuinely, Oma is just a you've heard me singing its praises before but come to that it'll be a really fun show I've got William Thompson opening for me which I'm excited about he's a kid who's gonna be great alright he's uh, he's a young guy that I've uh, you know got to do some support gigs for me and uh, you know I think it might be a behind the candelabra thing like Michael Douglas and uh, you know Matt Damon where I start to get him like plastic surgery to look like me but it kind of goes wrong you know We'll see what happens. But yeah, he's coming to Scotland with me as well to do some gigs, so looking forward to that. Um, I've talked about my nightmare shout. What I'm going to do now is... Yeah, I'm going to do TripAdvisor 
so I'm going to go on to uh, TripAdvisor. I, sh- I should have thought of a got Gandalfed for this week. How have I been Gandalfed? How have I been mugged off? But I actually don't know if I, if I have been badly mugged off this week. Flip, uh, it's the first time for everything. Um, But I'll think of some of those for next week. I'm just a wee bit unprepared this week. Uh, just because I've been... I've been I've been gigging, I've been at wedding, I've been drinking. It's been a good time. Um but I'm gonna go I'm on TripAdvisor here right now actually for uh where I'm staying in Manchester, the hotel. So I'm gonna read out the pick of the reviews. I'm gonna filter by the ones that are terrible. There's nine terrible reviews. I'm gonna find out what people are saying here. Um this one's just titled Inflexible and Unaccommodating. Uh, okay. Unfortunately, due to terrible delays and cancellations in various train lines, I found that I needed to cancel my second stay. Well, I mean, I feel like you can't review the hotel badly because of you know your inability to get a train. Um, finally got through at 18.28 hours, only to be told that I had missed my cancellation by 28 minutes and I would be charged 90% of the fee. Despite things being under my control. And the fact that I was a returning customer. Oh, you've probably stayed here for one weekend before. You're not keeping them in business, you dick. Uh, They told me no. They would not consider waiving the fee. Yeah, you know why? Because you missed the deadline for it. They actually only took 90%, so be grateful. I travel often for work. Oh, you're hard. And although it's rare that I have to cancel at short notice... Most hostels are very flexible and understanding with business travels. Oh, sorry, hotels. This was a disappointing experience. I've now cancelled all future bookings. Oh, a weekend in May next year. Dead on, pancake head. And I've advised colleagues against using this hotel. Mm. Listen how bitchy this gets. I did finally get to Manchester and I am now sitting happily at my Maison Hotel enjoying a lovely cup of tea and having just come back from the gym on site. A completely different class of hotel. You know, that, that sums this person up, that they think the mommy is on, is like the most decadent, they think it's like the Taj Mahal. Well, actually, I'm in mommy is on. Yeah, it's in Manchester city centre. Um, I lost my luggage key and cell phone cable, which I was 100% sure I put on the table before I went out. Pretty sure the housekeeper thought it was rubbish and she didn't check carefully before they cleaned up. I really do not suggest this hotel. It sucks. Oh, d- don't be an adult and say anything sucks. The hotel have come back. Very sorry to read your review. And it's not the usual high standard we're known for. <laughs> check with reception. No one has any recollection of this. As if the email's going to say anything different. As if it's going to be like, check with reception and housekeeping are complete bastards. And they did throw it out because they remember doing it. This one has capital letters at the start. Avoid if you're after convenience and price. Nah, I hate convenience and price. I was brought to Manchester on an overnight stay as a surprise. Well, my partner and myself decided on the hotel because we had a lovely evening, went out for a meal and a couple of drinks around the northern quarter and returned to our hotel room. All was good and no complaints whatsoever. Checked out and went shopping, sat down for lunch to my partner receiving a phone call, being accused of smoking in our room and being told they were charging him £100. He explained he had not been smoking in the room and had gone outside. He had booked into a non-smoking room for the simple fact I do not smoke. He did, however, leave the room 
two smoke, which surely if the staff checked the cameras, they would say this. Do you know what? I'm going to make an assumption. That's one of those ones where... That's one of those ones where the person definitely did smoke, smoke in the room. You meet people like that who get, like, really upset with stuff. But they did then do the thing, but they convince themselves that they didn't. You know? For, you know, my husband, you know, he's a smoker, but he didn't... Well, you know, why are we getting charged from smoking in the room? Because he didn't... Well, okay, okay, he had, a, he had one cigarette. You know, that's when they're like, he had one cigarette in the room. Okay, he broke a table with his forehead. Okay. The, uh, the hotel come back. Dear guests, thank you for your feedback. I believe you were contacted and explained the reasons for the additional charges. Apologies that this spoiled your day. Oh, how much would you love to know what the real reasons were? So we're going to put a dickhead tax on you. So unfortunately, you're going to have to pay £100. Last one here. Um, let me see. Very bad staff. Some of the worst staff I've ever come across in a hotel. Maybe that's why they kicked you out. <laughs> The hotel is tiny, mediocre rooms on top of a bar, which takes up the entire lobby and ground floor. Floor. Oh, oh God, I can't speak. After all this up soon. All the effort has clearly gone into making the bar club fashionable while the quality of rooms and the rest of the hotel suffers. The location I would describe as being on the wrong side of the tracks and quite a distance to the city centre. Who said that? That isn't like an. Who says that? That isn't like a nineteen thirties cop. I'm taking this broad out. She's from the wrong side of the tracks. Ah, uh, we're on the wrong side of the tracks here. I mean, that literally makes sense because there's a tram that goes through the town, but and there is a lot of homeless here. In fact, that person has a has a point. Um, I love that. I mean, I feel like it would take so much. Something would have to go drastically wrong for me to ever complain about a hotel. Like even tonight, if like six German guys like broke into my room and like started giving me like a nuggy, you know, and. Uh, and, and and like beat me up or something I, I still feel like I probably wouldn't say anything I just wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to cause a fuss you know uh, okay questions Matthew Mernon says you were discussing some seaside rock all wrapped up in last week's boy town do you remember that those sweets had a message through the middle what message would you have on your stick of rock fuck I actually do remember that didn't it say like by the seaside or wish you were here stuff like that um, once you sucked it for a while I would have a message that says like you know there's anthrax in this lol or something you know and then people would freak out and be like ah you got me and you go no I did get you seriously that, that, that is what it is uh, I have questions in yeah what about, Natasha says, what about the abomination of Australians calling sweeties lollies? What kind of joke is that? A casual wee cola bottle is actually a lolly. Oh, so you're saying that Australian people call sweets, like Haribo sweets, they call them lollies? That's fucked up. Because if I go there for a lolly, I want to suck something, you know, I don't want to just chew it. What's with a rock and roll neck? Are they back in fashion again? John Mulholland says because I put up an Instagram story because it was Mike McGoldrick. Um, no, I was just doing it for that specific character, dude. Um, but again, I put it on. And I was like, this is not not sexy. Chris Gullier, why is Colin Geddes coming to Lauren and you're not? We don't bite. Uh, 
I'll be alright with you there, but it's because you don't have any teeth. <laughs> I'm totally joking, mate. Totally joking. Um, the reason I'm not coming to Lauren is because, and I hate to say it, I asked if I could go to Lauren. We contacted the theatre there, and they just said, nah. They weren't keen on getting the human ATM in. They probably just don't want their accountant to have to work too many hours, you know. Um, So, I literally got turned down. So I was planning to come to Lauren, but to be fair, I've slagged the town off for a long time. Obviously, as a joke, but, you know, I could know. I know a guy whose story... What? Uh, Anyway... Let me see, let me see, let me see. Michael Bradbury, when will Mike McGoldrick be back? He's back and ate me it. He's back and ate me it just for you. Uh, Jake Davidson, why are you so funny? Because that's the way God made me play, boy. And there's nothing I can do about it. We just have to sit back and enjoy it. Uh, that's not related to the podcast. Celine M says, Twix or Kit Kat? And hey, that's the third time you've submitted that question to the podcast, so you're taking this extremely seriously. Um, I wouldn't be annoyed at either. I don't eat chocolate because, uh, you know, I'm seriously ill. Um, but I would say uh, I would probably I would probably go Twix if I was pushed, but I don't know why someone's like threatening to kill me over this. Um, but yeah, I'd probably go. Uh, I'd probably go for a Twix, but I like Kit Kats too. Jim McDell on Twitter says, "Realize I'm seeing this 13 hours too late. This is my shout out for questions, but worth a shot. I mean, I'm literally recording it now. What are the chances? In the Legends game you played in, which players stood out in your team and also in the Linfield team? So this was the match I played um, for charity in a celebrity eleven. Mm, get me." And it was in the Hammer and Shankle. And I think a lot of people were quite surprised by my flair. You know, I like I like the thing I put myself about. I put in a shift. I played some neat passes. I won a few headers against some big men. And I got kicked black and blue. Um, should have had a goal. Ivan Spruill should have cut one back for me. He used to play for Northern Ireland. They just think he had that much experience. Why did he know that he should have passed and said it should? But fair play to him. Uh, it's cool. I mean, just game for charity, not taken seriously. Um, who stood out for the team I played in? Uh, Sam Holiday, my mate Sam from Tudor Cinema Club, who has only like got into club football in the last couple of months. And it's one of those ones where, like I said to him about the match, I was like, hey, do you fancy coming down and playing? And he said, yeah, he was well up for it. And just for the match, I was like, for all I know, Sam, I mean, obviously I don't want to, you know, be sly, but... I don't. I've never seen Sam play football. For all I know, he can't. He can only do two punters, you know. And then it's one of those ones, you know, like in Ron Bergen in Anchorman, where he brings a flute out from his sleeve. He's like, I'm not prepared, and then he plays an amazing song. Sam's like, I just started. I just have a kick about, play the odd bit of football. Turns out, he's very good, very good. He scored a goal, and he played up front with me. We're like Dwight York and Andy Cole back in the day. Um, so he really impressed me. Uh, Pat McGiven was unreal at centre-back. He's played for Man United though. So I'm not surprised. And the Linfield team who stood out, uh, Michael Galt, was really good and he had his hands full, Mark and me. 
uh, and then at the back, Garth Skates was really good. They were all just really good. They're just like old now, and I think they were drinking pints before the match. But uh, but that was really really good crack. Oh, in fact, that wasn't a podcast question at all. Okay, all right, yo motherfuckers. Uh, that was the Q and A session I was doing um in the airport earlier because I was bored. Uh, uh, yeah, we got some Twitter questions. Richard McClay says, a wee while back it sounded like you boys were planning to start a very sexy Kabaddi club. Any updates on that? Hashtag sexy and I. I actually don't even know what that is. Again, speaking of memory loss, um, the day after Dave's wedding, my dad rings me. He's like, where are you? I said, just in the house, why? He's like, uh, the arrangement we made. I said, what are you talking about? He's like, you said you were coming down to have lunch and you were going to help me with my wedding speech. And you arranged this at Dave's wedding and you said like three o'clock and all and you planned it. And I said, man, i got to tell you, I have zero recollection of that happening. But I presume it did. And we'll do it Monday instead. Um. So, yeah, sometimes I'm a bit scatterbrained. Richard, I don't even know what that is, man. But, I mean, I'm all for it. Final question, Bapper. Stu says, Morning, Cheeky Chops. With Papa Bear away, possibly for good, after what he said on Boytown Podcast last week, who would be your perfect replacement for him? Well, Colin Geddes was supposed to do it, but he's going to LA this week to go see Aaron McCann, so it just didn't work out time-wise. But Colin will do one. He was bang up for it, but we just couldn't arrange it. So, uh, I'll maybe see... I think he's going to be away next week too. I'm going to have to get a co-host for the Boytown Podcast next week, so maybe you guys can tell me who you'd like me to get, and I'll try and make that a reality. That's it for this week's podcast. Stroke The Shane Podcast stroke the Boytown Podcast. Um, while Dave's away, he's away for one more week. And then I'll be back to normal on the Boytown podcast and the Shane Toddcast keeps rolling on, baby. If you enjoy this, and apologies if I'm just really late and tired, but if you enjoyed it, you want to subscribe on iTunes, I'd love that. If you want to rate and review it, even better. I don't have a sponsor, so I just rely on the good folk that listen to just keep this ship going. So cheers for that. Come and see me on tour. My dates are on shine.net. Glasgow and Edinburgh dates next week. You can get get them on like my comedy Facebook page. You'll see me posting the links there. And I'm in London next week, but there's barely any tickets left for it. So if you're going to get one of those, get it. Uh, sorry to be aggressive. Ulster Hall, 23rd, 24th of November. The big ones. You don't need me to keep going on about it. Thank you very much for listening. See you next week. Oh. Are you ready to feel awesome? Shell V-Power. Marvel Studios Avengers Endgame. One heroic combination. Fill up with 30 pounds of Shell V-Power for your chance to win awesome prizes every day with Marvel Studios Avengers Endgame in cinemas April 25th. Fill up and feel heroic with Britain's number one selling performance fuel. Conditions apply. Participating sites see shell.co.uk slash win.